five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, bringing you marketing news from across the world from Minnetonka today. Let's dive right in and watch this go. Ugh. These are supposed to be, this is supposed to represent the petrochemicals used to make synthetic clothing. Every 25 minutes, a pool full of crude oil turns in magically into fiber like this lens and fleece that is so wonderful. Somehow, it's kind of nice. Um, but it's time to change. And here comes the how they don't flip on And so um, that's a brand that's fighting back, and uh, I applaud that commercial. It was certainly dramatic. It was certainly dramatic. And speaking of dramatic, if you're up in the Twin Cities area, like I am right now, um, make sure to drop over to WDMA and and register for the meetup on Tuesday night at six. Uh, well, we always have a few people. You know, it's not going to be a hundred. It's not going to be nobody probably but I, I encourage you to come and we'll talk about direct marketing and the future and some of the, maybe some of the new products that I've run across and uh, some innovations that are fun uh, and I'll be doing another one in Boston on Wednesday um, so hope to see you there if you're in the Boston area or if you're going to the Namoa show um, usually there's a cocktail party on the Wednesday before it starts but this year there isn't so uh, we'll just get together in the hotel and uh, and talk direct marketing. So get over to WDMA. Also, the show notes are always available after the show, um, which they will be today. Okay. So um, details at WDMA.org. Now let's get over to the PDFs. Tom Fishburn. See if I can find that one. Let's see. And there he is. Life cycle of social media. So there's a new social network. Cool. And the can of pop says, "What you doing?" And then it, you got to go. You got to follow this circle because I went from here to there, but you got to go from here to here. We just want to be real with you. Be real is the new social media network that's coming out of nowhere, and it's supposed to be the anti, the anti Instagram with no followers, no uh, Instagram influencers, and no advertising. But of course, it already has advertising because as soon as you get an audience, you get advertisers. Um, and if you'd like to sponsor this show, we'd be interested in talking. Hey, where'd you go after? We just want to be real with you. Hey, where'd they go? <laughs> so then the thing gets full up of brands and uh, and all the users leave. <laughs> Not all, but a lot of them do. And so uh, and so let's. Scroll down with Tom Fishburne. Oops, here we go. Okay, so, you know, they want to have authenticity. They want to have the absence of brands. And uh, here's a, an ad from ELF, which is a cosmetics line, I understand. Get a free, get 
a free something or other, Hydrogena Gloss Offer mini kit with the code, whatever the code is, there's the code, and at this, at this URL. Uh, I would have thought they would put a QR code, but now that I think of it, it's hard to scan a QR code on your phone. And it doesn't even work at the hardware store. I got a I got a true value email coupon that had a QR code that they were supposed to scan and they could not get it to scan. And I have a very, very bright Google Pixel bright screen and that would not work. It took me like five minutes to check out to get the five dollar free uh, coupon or something. It was just a total disaster. So you can't use QR codes on the phone. Uh, and apparently you can't embed a link. Um, but anyway, Lori Lamb from Elf Beauty said that Be Real is unavoidable now that they have 10 million uh, daily users. Uh, they want to test. They want to be real. Uh, they want to make sure that they're giving users what they actually want. Um, Tom Fishburn reminisced about a time when he was working with a brand to advertise on Instagram. And he said Instagram worked with us to make sure that the ad was authentic and was aesthetic and had the ethos of Instagram and then in 2015 they said there's no minimum spend anybody can advertise just automate drop your ad and today anything goes and that's the way it goes with social media social media you know builds a platform and hopes people you know advertises to get people on it and then get some momentum going and then once there's an audience they merchandise it and uh, and monetize it so that they can pay back their capital investment and their investors and you know everybody goes to it because it doesn't have any ads and then all of a sudden it has a lot of ads and then they go find something new and that's sort of the cycle um, so <laughs> the objective for elf was very simple create a space where our fans can see unfiltered authentic elf life sounds like a movie and uh, if the space ends up moving somewhere else, we'll follow. Right, exactly. But their elf ad did not seem like an authentic elf life. It seemed like a way to get a free sample. Okay, and here's another post. I have new baby pics. I just got back from my reunion. Did you know that we have s seven sub six subs? <laughs> anyway, uh, my favorite one was this one here. How do we work with fake influencers? How do we work with fake influencers with fake followers and fake engagement in a more authentic way? Right? We're destroying the word authentic is what I think. Okay, so that's much from Tom Fishburne. Now let's get over to uh, to Mark Ritson, who shared this last week with us. And um, and it's all about private label. And I'm a big fan of private label. I've always been a big fan of private label. I don't know how I got started with it. Uh, uh, but my mother was always trying to save money. And she was always exploring new options. And so um, we could, you know, we would try the generic ketchup, which usually isn't worth it, you know, but sometimes it is. I guess the Aldi ketchup is pretty good. Um, and he said, as the economic belts get tightened, Consumers are going to go to more private labels. And as personal income booms, consumers feel better about their relative purchases of private labels, and private labels decline significantly in the U.S., in America. 
but when times get tough and money is tight, private labels quickly grow their share. Okay, so in America, the the brands seem to bounce back. In the UK, every time there's a recession, the private labels boost and don't really lose it when times get better. Okay, maybe they don't get that much better. That's possible. Um, you know, you've got institutionalized socialism there. And we're working toward that, and <laughs> maybe it'll all be private label, and there will be all your choices gone. Um, but anyway, British shoppers buy more private labels, and once they discover the quality can be the same, they stick with them through thick and thin. Um, and consumers will be moving toward private label. Uh, you can save about 40%. I just have been exploring a new brand in the a new private label, I guess. Uh, called Craven. Now they're making the private labels. I remember when you know the white boxes with the black lettering was the rage, and even the brands would would mimic that, which I thought was a really huge mistake. And I think Mark would agree with that. Um, but now the brands, the private labels, are putting fancy images and stuff on their packaging, and it looks really good. And there's a brand called Craven, which I don't really like the the idea of that, but. Anyway, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, I've always been a Triscuits fan. And the Triscuits are about four fifty a box. And the Craven woven wheat crackers are about two fifty a box. That's pretty good. Well, it could be wrong with that. And they taste good. Not only that. Not only do they have good packaging, they taste good. But they also have extra varieties. So they've got the rosemary sage version, which I don't particularly like. I don't like it in the Triscuit version either. Um, but you know that it's they're you know they're they're expanding and uh, they're a little bit they're a little bit more well done, a little crispier I think, a little darker. I like them better actually uh, than the Triscuits. So you know you sold me. That's what I would say. Uh, I'm real happy with the Craven brand. So not only do consumers save 40 to 50 percent on the manufactured, the brand equivalent. Can't say the manufacturer; they're both manufactured and probably in the same plant, oftentimes, which Mark points out below. But consumers feel like they're cutting back. The consumers, the second purchase private label makes, consumers feel like they're cutting back. So when my wife was she had a she had pneumonia years ago, probably 20 years ago, but couldn't couldn't go out grocery shopping. Um, I went and bought I went and did the grocery shopping and I bought private label chicken noodle soup, probably Food Club or something. I forget what they call it. Value line chicken noodle soup. It was one penny less. The so the economic benefit was nil, and the kids hated it. They said, "Don't ever let Dad shop again." Um, but I felt like I was, you know, making good choices for my family, exploring new options, and uh, I felt good about it, even though the soup was awful. Uh, we went back to Campbell's chicken noodle. So uh, the saving money and the symbolically feeling like you're saving money are d very different. But maybe the feeling like you're doing a good job is more important than the actual savings. What an idea. Okay. The symbolic act of buying private labels might be more important than the fiscal savings those purchases confer. Amen to that. It was in my case. 
Okay, also for retailers, they get more margin. They might get five times the margin for selling Craven that they do for selling a brand, right? But Mark says that even, even though they make less margin on the brands, not only do consumers sometimes prefer them, but they, by putting them on the shelf next to their house brand, they, they illustrate the comparison. And that's powerful. So Triscuits, 450, right next to the Craven woven wheat crackers, at 250, you go, woo, Mr. Fox. He's the founder of Fox Brothers Piggly Wiggly. Mr. Fox is doing good things for me. That's really important, right? And in a sense, I would I care more about Mr. Fox than I do about Nabisco. You know, Nabisco has gotten into all kinds of social causes that I don't think I care about, uh, and Mr. Fox uh, is more on a uh, more on the same socio sociological <laughs> place as I am. So I'd rather help Mr. Fox than Nabisco. So the alternative, giving me a good alternative, helping Mr. Fox make money, helping me save money, helping me have quality that's even better. Uh, is wonderful. All of those things, I think, are wonderful. Plus, because Craven now has multiple products, because they were successful in their differential price, uh, now they have the the other the other varieties. There's less shelf space, and so Mark points out that if your if your brand if you've been content with your brand to be third or fourth in the category. You know, I don't know what third or fourth in the cracker category, but um, but anyway, whatever. If you're third or fourth, you're in big trouble, because the private labels are expanding shelf space. the The leader brands are still going to be there for the consumers, both for the consumers to have choice and also for the consumers to compare and see how much money they're saving from Mr. Fox. So, uh, and it also by expanding the product line of the private label, it gives the retailer negotiating power over manufacturers. Uh, if they want to stay on the shelf, they're going to have to give us a better deal. Okay? But most importantly, I think this is the most important thing for the benefit for the retailers, is it gives you differentiation. So I now, uh, my wife went to Aldi up here in Minnetonka, and, or Hopkins, and she bought, I said, see if they have any of that cherry, black cherry sparkling water because I like it and I like the size of the bottle that I refill with my with my um, filtered water that I have out of the sink but we have a special expensive water filter and so uh, I like the size and so she she said oh they never carry that anymore but sure enough she came out with four bottles you can only get it at Aldi you know, and I prefer the Sainsbury Earl Grey. That's you know, my kids are in London. I should tell them to go get me some Sainsbury Earl Grey. I'm gonna have to call them today. I better hurry. Anyway, see if they can find me a see, find a Sainsbury store. So you know, you can't just can't get it anywhere else. And uh, so that gives people a reason to go to your retail store, unlike. You know, when you're just selling Heinz, everybody sells Heinz, everybody sells it, you know, for relatively the same price. There's no reason, right? Uh, you can fight about price, but that just puts you out of business. 
So this gives you a way to differentiate your store. Now we don't buy the, all the cheese so much because it's very difficult to pull apart and they put it in boxes that I don't like because once you open them you can't ever get them to close again and so the cheese gets hard and awful and I'm a you know, cheese connoisseur as a Wisconsin DMA president. And so if you buy it, sometimes we're stuck, like she came home with it from the Aldi store, um, then you gotta pull it out and put it in a plastic bag or something. So anyway, so private label ad adds a new tantalizing dimension of difference to the offer that the retailers have to make, right? They give me a reason to go back to the Aldi store or the pig. You know, I like the pig, what do they call it? Something about deep cheddar or something like that. Heavy cheddar, strong cheddar. I don't know. It's all cheese, but it's not just—it's not mild cheddar. It's—it's it's more. Anyway, I like the cheese, but it's—it's it's still a pig, piggly wiggly brand. Okay, they did try to come out with Fox Brothers cheese curds, and they were not any good. I put a bag of them on Mr. Fox's desk went upstairs where he, his office, put my business cards on it and <laughs> said, these are not good. Especially when he sells the real cheese curds that squeak when you bite into them. And if you're not from Wisconsin, you probably have never had cheese curds that bite when you, that squeak when you bite into them. And somebody said, oh, what a horrible idea. <laughs> squeak as you bite them. <laughs> anyway, well, that's just the way it is in Wisconsin. We're kind of down home people. Okay, so anyway, the articles are available at WDMA.org. He gives brands a lot of ideas on how to how to stay above the fray, how to how to benefit in the in the pri in the private label boom. Um, but as I said, I don't know anybody at Nabisco. I know Mr. Fox, and so I'm uh, all in for private label. Have a great day. Like and share if you made it this far. Hit the share button uh, because it's worth like 20 likes, and you know. I got a real nice compliment at church from somebody in Minnesota who is uh, who is a surgeon and has nothing to do with marketing. He still says he enjoys the show, so uh, maybe he'll be there. Uh, he put it down on his calendar for the Minnetonka meetup, and so Steve, I hope you're watching. Have a great day. Bye bye.